You are about to witness history in the making. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another Pop Culture Gamers podcast. My name's Hayden, and it's the 7th of March, so time's passing on. I'm here on my own today because, unfortunately, Steve's uh, not very well. He's been in hospital over the weekend, and he's had a blood clot. Um, He's okay, and he's back at home, and he's having treatment, and we'll keep you posted about how he is. Also, I've got a lot of, I know a lot of you were, were wondering about um, our other co-host, Alan, uh, and he's been absent for a good few months now, and I have spoke to him uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, we've been in constant contact, and just to really uh, let you know he's doing well, but he is staying offline for a while. He's taking things easy, but he wanted to pass his uh, thanks on to everybody uh, for you know all of the good wishes that uh, have been passed his way. Another uh, bit of news for you in terms of uh, people who have appeared on the show. As many of you may know, Mark Armstrong, also known as Nats, who was also a co-host on a previous podcast that Steve and I were both on, uh, sadly passed away after um, losing his battle with his uh, brain tumour. We're all really heartbroken about uh, hearing about Nats. And after I retweeted on the Pop Culture Gamers uh, show Twitter feed, um, the show where he appeared, uh, his partner had actually um, got in contact with us and uh, Debs has um, asked if uh, she could have access to any recordings of Nat so she could uh, hear his voice. I've rallied up a couple of communities, including our friends over at the Midlife Gamer podcast, where I spoke to Matthew Moore, one of the show hosts, um, and uh, posted in their Facebook group, as well as the We Are Gamers Facebook group. There was a great response from everyone, and we managed to pull together links to Nat's YouTube channel um, and other podcasts where he's uh, been in, and a complete archives of show from where he was being a co-host. Uh, but there was no recordings of um, Nat's show, uh, White Noise Online, so if anyone has any links... Can you uh, please email me at podcast at popculturegamers.co.uk or tweet me at H-E-R-J-U-K so we can pull together a complete archive for his family. Um, There were also some really warm messages about uh, Nats. So it's uh, good to know that he was uh, really loved. And a big thank you to uh, Matthew Moore and everybody else who uh, helped us out with um, pulling all of that information together. So uh, that's been great. Thank you. Uh, Personal-wise, over the uh, last uh, few weeks, I've finally got tenants into my house, so I'm stopped to worry about that now. And also been doing a bit of recording on our uh, YouTube uh, channel. Check it out and subscribe if you haven't already been there. I've been doing a couple of um, one-hour videos on the first hour of different games and um, also more I'll talk about that later on. Um, I had my COVID vaccine due to my age and uh, health requirements. Um, fortunately, I was under the 
category of 16 to 65 uh, with an underlying health area, not the over 50, but if it had been another month, it would have been the over 50 crowd. Um, I had the AstraZeneca um, vaccine as well, and I have to admit I had really bad side effects with it. I had migraines, achy joints, um, all sorts, all very uh, common and I'd rather have that than COVID. But just in case anybody else out there is looking at AstraZeneca, they are well-known side effects. So that's it really for uh, the uh, intro bit. So we'll go into gaming this week. No longer a dream, but a reality. All right, so gaming this week and uh, new releases. We've got Harvest Moon One World on the Switch on the 2nd of the 3rd. Yakuza Like a Dragon on the PS5, 2nd of the 3rd. Marquette on PS4, PS5 and PC on the 2nd of the 3rd. Monster Jam Steel Titans 2 on PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch and Stadia on the 2nd of the 3rd. Uh, so Love Lot, PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One and Switch on the 3rd of the 3rd. Kill It With Fire uh, PS4, Xbox One and Switch on the 4th of the 3rd. Ranch Simulator on the PC on the 4th of the 3rd. Kill It With uh, Fire on the PS4, Xbox One and Switch on the 4th of the 3rd. Obviously being <laughs> so uh, good that one, it's been named twice on the list. Um, we've got Crash Bandicoot uh, on the 12th of the 3rd on the PS5, Xbox Series X and Switch as well. So that's it for the new releases uh, right up until the end of uh, next week. In terms of subscription games, uh, as you know, we've had um, Warface Breakout on uh, March the uh, 1st to the 31st. We've got uh, Valor, Vicious Attack, Llama Apocalypse on the 16th to the 15th. And then Metal Slug 3 on March 1st to the 5th and Port Royal on the 16th to the 31st on Games with Gold. In terms of PlayStation Plus, it really is a good month for PlayStation Plus because they have the absolutely superb Final Fantasy VII Remake on the PS4 there. There's also Marquette on the PS5. There's Remnant from the Ashes on the PS4. And also another game, PS4 and PSVR Farpoint. Now that's a game I've been wanting to play, so I'm looking forward to that one. In terms of on Twitch, we've got Bomber Crew Deluxe, uh, Blasphemous, Boomerang Foo, Skydrift, and uh, Ten Kwame. So those are the games on um, the Prime uh, Gaming channel that you can uh, download for free if you're a member of Prime. On Epic Games, um, you probably won't be able to get hold of this now, but uh, at least for free. But there is Sunless Sea was uh, available uh, last week. That moved over to go to war game uh, red dragon which is available from the 4th of march up until uh, the 11th of march and then coming in after that we have on the 11th to the 18th is surviving mars which is a sort of like um, great sort of uh, sim city kind of thing but in set on mars um okay so let's go on to our gaming week and this week what i've been doing is i've been playing mass effect andromeda now, I know a lot of you guys will be probably thinking, what on earth have you been playing that game for? It's, you know, a good few years old, but obviously we've got the Legendary Edition coming out, and I just wanted to get back into the feeling of that Mass Effect world. I know that Mass Effect Andromeda was a one that was really bombed out of all of them. Um, some people liked it, some people loved it. I wasn't a big fan of it when it first 
came out, there was a lot of bugs, a lot of glitches, that sort of thing. But I thought, you know what? It's now 2021. Why don't we see what this game's like? <coughs> Excuse me. So I decided to play this on the PC rather than on console. And the reason why it will become obvious is because I decided to try the game as it is intended. So in its vanilla form, uh, straight from the Origin store. And then I decided to try it modded. So I've played and uh, recorded an hour of each so that you can see the difference in the games. Um, in terms of the original game, the game has much improved since the initial release version. A lot of those bugs have been taken out of the game, all of that sort of stuff. Um, on the PC, there are loads of mods uh, for this game. From basic stuff like improvements in hair and outfits to changes in animations, quality of life changes, such as improvements to the inventory, um, to more balanced weapons and gameplay and updated AI for squad members and a whole lot more. You name it, there's something there for it. Installing the um, changes is really easy. You download an app called Frosty uh, Mod Manager and just download that and then the mods that you want from the uh, Nexus Mods website and basically drag and drop them into the Frosty Mods Manager, manager or at least into the um, Mods folder in the Frosty Mod Manager and then you select the ones that you want to turn on. You can turn them off easy enough just by double clicking on them or take the tick out of the box and that will take them away. Um, but one thing you do have to do is when you're using the uh, mods you have to launch the game from the Frosty Mod Manager. So that's one thing to remember. So what I've got to admit is the, the things that really sucked for me the most in the game the first time round was like the very limited jetpack. It really felt like there wasn't much of a point in having that sort of booster on there. The inventory size, the nomad handling, um, and also the alien Sudoku. I really, really hated the alien Sudoku. Uh, I've effectively remodded the game um, from the from the uh, baseline and in its entirety, entirety applied tweaks over the inventory, the Nomad, the jetpack, and I've got rid of the Sudoku. And it makes a massive difference uh, for me for playing that game. Now, I know you can't do this on the consoles, but if you've got a PC version of the game and you stopped it because of the same reasons I had, you really might like to revisit this because I, I do want to find out what happened to... Uh, you know, to the crew on that story, and I've not actually followed it. So, um, and I've kept away from spoilers about what the story ends up being. But um, I know that some of you might say, well, that's cheating because you're removing elements of the gameplay. But if there are elements of the gameplay that were really stopping me from enjoying the story, I'm not playing this game for achievements. It's on PC. There's n it's not bound to Xbox achievements or PlayStation trophies or anything. I know that there's the Origin ones, but who cares about them, to be quite honest. Um, for me, I wanted to experience a story, and modding the game in this way seems to be the best way that I can do that without having all of the real pain in the backside stuff um, for you know, uh, for, for having to go through. Now, I know, like I said, you know, it's, that's PC. You know, if you're not part of that PC master race, in inverted commas, then obviously you've still got to go and play all of that. But what's the gameplay like in terms of 
um, all of the changes that they've made over time. And I have to admit, after playing the game for about an hour and, you know, getting past the initial bit where you, um, you know, initiate contact, all of that sort of thing, you go down to your first planet, you do all of that. There have been tweaks in the way that it works and it works an awful lot better than it did before. So, yes, you would still have to do the Sudoku quizzes, but if you wanted to really skip through them, you could look them up. I know that there's websites out there that tell you the solutions to the puzzles anyway, so it's not the same as having something that just basically removes it, but at least it makes it a little bit more tolerable if you don't want to do that sort of Sudoku play, because that really took me out of that game. Um, I know that they tried to do it with runes and stuff like that, but it just didn't work as far as I was concerned. And yes, okay, you've got the annoyance about the um, jetpack and the nomad handling and the inventory, but it has improved, as have a lot of the animations as well. Um, the mods that you can get on the PC to make it look more cinematic, they, they do give that sort of J.J. Abraham sort of lens flare kind of thing on some of them. Well worth having a look. I would say if you've not played this one for a while, you never completed it, you're looking for something to do because you're still in lockdown and you're being furloughed or whatever reason that you want, you just want to dive back into that universe. Rather than jumping in on the Mass Effect 1, 2 and 3 and possibly um, tiring yourself of that experience before the Legendary Edition comes out, have a go at Andromeda, it's well worth a look. Okay, so in that case, we're going to move on to movies, TV, and streaming. In quest of a better life. All right, so we're on to uh, cinema releases for movies, TV, and streaming. And, uh, sorry, not cinema releases, Blu-ray, DVD. It'd be nice if we had cinema releases, but we won't be getting those for another couple of weeks. So, in terms of Blu-ray and DVD releases, um, on... A streaming service and uh sorry on blu-ray rather we have coming to america uh that's coming out on 4k blu-ray hellraiser judgment blu-ray and uh, dvd and hellraiser Re- uh, revelations we've got modern family seasons 1 to 11 and season 11 separately on dvd and ncis uh, new orleans season 6 that's all from the 1st of march from the 8th of march there really isn't an awful lot. There is Doctor Who, the collection series eight with John Pertwee and also the Lady Killers 4K Blu-ray. But other than that, there really isn't an awful lot there. So let's go on to what we've been watching. And what I've been watching is, surprisingly enough, Division. There may be some mild spoilers um, ahead here. So if you really don't want to know, skip forward a little bit now. So we had the finale of WandaVision answered a lot of the questions, like, for example, who was the alternate universe Pietro? I did like what they did there, but I think it would have been a really fantastic way to bring in the Fox MCU into the canon. I think that that would have been a good way of doing it, but obviously they haven't uh, gone that way. I do. I think that there's been a few people who haven't really enjoyed the ending but maybe expecting it to you know be a little bit more and they all lived happily ever after but it was never going to be that case with Wanda Maximoff she's quite a tragic kind of character um, in terms of her role as a Scarlet Witch so and you know she's had a a long life of um, suffering and obviously she still intends to suffer but 
it did give her um it, it came to a satisfying conclusion as far as I was concerned to the end of that um that series or at least that season whether or not they will have another one division I'm skeptical about that I think that there will be another wonder and vision show I don't think that there will be a wonder vision in the same way as uh, this one about you're know, set in the sort of pretend reality of a tv show for part of it because I think that they've they've done that they'll find something else different to do the um again spoiler alert five four three two one white vision sort of stuff all of that that was um really good it obviously links back to the canon and the comics because there is a, a white vision is much more robotic which we did see but i like the fact that um the mirage vision shall we call him or that you know the the hex vision whatever it is the version of vision that you want to call him that wonder was using as the actual version of uh vision um that had been in the whole of the show he reawakened um vision's memories so does that mean that white vision is now normal vision but you know in terms of who he is um there was the wonderful use of or this you know th- quite philosophical debate between the two versions of vill- uh, vision about uh thesis um boat um so you know a bit like um on uh, onifils and horses um where how, you know, how many times do you take change the head of um, a sweeping brush and the handle of a sweeping brush before it becomes not the same sweeping brush, which is basically what that whole uh, boat argument was about that was in the episode. Really, really good. Um, I'm looking forward to Falcon and the Winter Soldier and also to Loki. Personally, my opinions is that I think that Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it's more action comedy. I don't don't think it's going to have the impact that WandaVision has, but I think that Loki might be something special. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes out. I love the two endings because they've set up um, the Monica Rambeau character going up with Nick Fury, um, which is obviously who they were referring to there. That might be a new show of itself that's not been advertised yet. And also the bit where Wanda hears her children uh, at the end. That all is all linking back to the House of M sort of stuff in the comics and uh, the fact that her children were created of shards of Mephisto. Um, Mephisto being like the MCU version of the devil. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that all plays out. And I think that that's setting up Doctor Strange 2 and the Multiverse of Madness because I think that she's going to go and do something. He's going to see it. He's going to go and try and stop what she's doing. You know, And she's only trying to save her children um, that have been created in this artificial WandaVision world that she's done. So it's going to be really, really interesting. Really, really looking forward to all of these new shows that are coming out. The other thing I'm going to talk about is Coming to America 2. Now, I've always been a massive fan of Eddie Murphy movies, um, particularly his earlier stuff, because that's when it was really great stuff. And Coming to America was one of my whole life favourite movies since it was released. But I have to say, this movie, it's just not a patch. Not a patch on it at all. If you thought Beverly Hills Cop 3 movie was bad... This is worse. Um, I'm really not sure how they managed to make such a a neutral film, i.e. nothing 
particularly offends. Um, and it's also completely bereft of any comedy, even by accident, which for a comedy movie is kind of concerning. Um, at least Beverly Hills Cop 3 managed uh, some amusing moments. Um, this had nothing except you know, the ticking away of hours of my life, as far as I was concerned. There were some wonderful elements in there. Um, at first, you really got the um, sense of nostalgia that it creates when it um, you know first starts off. But this very quickly turns into a cliché of itself um, because they overforce that matter way too much. I don't like the way that they've made um, Eddie Murphy's character to be so much of a weaker sort of king um, in there. Also, I think that the movie is very confused script-wise. It's coming to America, and yes, they do go to America twice in the movie, but they spend no more than five minutes in there in each time because the majority of the movie is in Zamunda, which is obviously where he's um, royalty. I have to say, this is the fact that this is such a a nothing of a movie is the only way I can say it. it's not bad. It's, it's not good. It's just nothing. Um, none of the cast are bad, and it is truly nice to see the original ensemble of cast for those ones who are still alive. But this is very, very much like Bill and Ted's Face the Music where it is such a poor imitation of the original and it just should not have been made or at least not in this format. I mean, Bill and Ted movie, it should just never have been made full stop. Um, But this movie just had totally spoiled potential and it's such a, such a shame. Anyway, that's all I want to say about the movie. You guys will, you know, decide if you want to watch it and uh, choose for yourself. But personally i was really disappointed anyway let's move on to your listener questions john what's happening to us okay so listener questions and the first one we've uh, got is mark asking uh, his normal questions of uh, which console old on you has been the most lasting influence in your gaming life I could say various different consoles for different reasons. Commodore 64, no, it's not a console, it's more of a computer, but uh, as my first sort of proper um, gaming thing that lasted longer than five minutes before it burnt out. Other than that, I would say the PlayStation original one because that brought me back to consoles (coughs) after going... Well, brought me to consoles anyway. After going to the Amiga and the PC. And then I would say the next big revelation for me was the Xbox 360 because I drifted away from consoles around about the Xbox sort of era and the 360 really sort of snapped me back. And then I would say the last generation of consoles, the Xbox One and ps4 because that was really when online gaming sort of took off for me i I never really got into it before then so i think that there's a few i would say probably the biggest lasting impact was the 360 for me because that completely rejuvenated my interest in games because i that had dwindled you know i'd got married um 
we were planning for a family, all of that sort of thing. And I wasn't thinking about gaming. 360 came along and suddenly I was obsessed by it again. And hey, look at where I am now. So <laughs> no further on than I was other than I have a child. Um, so yeah, that's uh, kind of where I am uh, with that. Second question is, how much do you think manufacturers uh, withhold stock of new consoles and graphics cards to sustain demand? What are your thoughts? I don't think that they do. I don't think that they do at all. Um, there is a worldwide known shortage of silicon chips at the moment. And I just don't think they can make these things fast enough. Because it's not in their interest to hold on to them anyway to inflate the price because they're not seeing that price. They're, they're seeing it for what they sell it for um, to the retailers. The retailers um, are, generally speaking, selling it at the RRP price. It's the scalpers who are causing the problem. And the other group of people who are causing the problem in the PC world is the miners, um, the crypto miners. They're the people who are causing all of the problem. And what is ridiculous now is I look at my PC, which I bought two months ago, and if I was to take my graphics card out, I could get approximately, for that graphics card, what I got for the whole PC two months ago. That's how ridiculous the price has got. I mean, you know, you're talking about 3090s, you know, approaching £3,000, 3080s i've seen up to two and a half thousand pounds being sold with bids on ebay it's crazy crazy world it really is so um paul wilson has asked do you think that game developers should be taken to task over hard drive space that many of the modern games take it is beyond a joke especially for the next gen consoles owners who can only install next gen games in the main storage drive or pay for overpriced storage from Microsoft, but with no current option available from Sony. I wouldn't say it's really taking a task. I would say that the people who should be taking a task are actually Microsoft and Sony, because they're supplying consoles that are barely adequate for what they do. I mean, when you consider you could get a 360 with a 500 gigabyte hard drive, why is it suddenly that two generations on you now can uh, you know you can only get a one terabyte hard drive on the console when games are so so much bigger i mean the thing the simple fact of the matter is is that if you want 4k uh, graphics and beyond that it's just going to get worse the file sizes of everything increases massively so that just goes as part of the territory you know compression will only work so far so for me, I think that the issue is with Microsoft and Sony. I think, feminently think, that all of this quick start feature, yeah, it's all very nice and good. But if I was told by Microsoft, you'll have to wait as long as you did in the last gen if you reinstall it on a normal hard drive, I'd be up for that compromise so that I can have more games on my system. Or alternatively, just give me bigger faster storage and certainly you know as default not these stupidly overpriced little cards that all of that now all of your um nvme drive stuff like that they're all pretty much standard yes there are different you know models that do different speeds blah 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 but all that they need to do and this is where sony i think is supposed to be going but they just haven't got round to it for whatever technical or whatever reason yet is to enable it so that you can 
put in an M2 drive and then it will just automatically work. That should be where we should be going. We should be going more like the PC market on the console so that you can buy a hard drive that might have been intended for a PC, but put that into your console, just like we did with the hard drive, you know, the USB hard drives for the last gen, where, you know, they were just normal PC hard drives that you were plugging in. We should be able to do exactly the same thing with SSD drives. It's stupid. It really is. I really, really hate the way that they're doing um, storage in the current gen console. Yeah, quick start's nice, but what I found is a lot of the time, a lot of the games don't start with quick start anyway. Especially when you, you know, using like three, uh, sorry, Xbox One titles the majority of the time because there isn't the games out there anyway. Yeah, it's it. Storage problems is a massive thing for me. I don't think any modern gen console should come with it with anything less than four terabytes of storage as a minimum. And how on earth people on an Xbox um, SX are managing with 512 gigabytes of uh, primary storage? I have no idea. I would not like to be in that situation. I haven't been in that situation, well, since the Xbox One. So anyway... Moving on, Nick Wilson says, So it looks like Warner Brothers are rebooting Superman with Michael B. Jordan from Creed as Superman. There is a, um, a multiverse black Superman called uh, Calvin Ellis. Uh, what do you guys think about this and why do you think DC and Marvel have not really used much of the multiverse uh, in their movies but having the TV shows? Um, well, first off, I would say, Nick, um, what about Doctor Strange? movie that showed the multiverse they've touched on it on ant-man movies as well so i would say um mcu have been on this for a while um the tv shows have obviously touched on the multiverse with um legend of tomorrow's um supergirl all of that and the now absolutely fantastic superman and lois so i, I think that multiverse is it's just a way for them to produce um, the same sort of you know superman or whatever content but with different actors so it can sort of keep like keep the costs down it makes sure that they're not tied to an actor's availability all of that sort of thing so as far you know i i have no problem with them rebooting um superman with an alternate universe black superman you know that's fine it's like the new Superman and Lois has a, um, spoiler alert, uh, Black Lex Luthor, which is also in the comics as well. Fine. Yeah, let, let's see what it's like. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, evidently Henry Cavell is still very interested and engaged with being Superman as well. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually bring those two Supermen together. Um, just like that they did with the uh, TV series for the Crisis on the Infinite Earths. Um, and I would love, absolutely love to see more Brandon Roth as Superman because I think he played a good part as Superman and in Superman Returns, um, it wasn't his fault that that was a bad movie. He was a good Superman in a bad movie. So we'll have to see uh, how it goes. But yeah, let, let's um, you know, let's have a multiverse of uh, different people playing playing these characters because it kind of makes sense you know it, it worked in infinite crisis there was different lex luthers there's 
Um, you know, you had Smallville Superman, you had the new Superman um, in there. You had Brandon Roth's uh, Superman. All absolutely fantastic. One thing I didn't like about that, though, is that they made Brandon Roth's Superman very tragic because if you remember, Brandon Roth's Superman was also supposed to be the same Superman as Christopher Reeve, as in Superman 1 to 4. And I just didn't like the way that, you know, he lost Lois and everything that he truly cared about, but he was, you know, still a paragon of virtue uh, sort of thing. So, I don't know. See how it goes. I think you've got to take all of these things nowadays on uh, the basis of what they are. Uh, Scott Kidd has asked, with Anthem not getting a next-gen remake, do you think that Bioware could be on an EA crosshair for letting them go? I think they may very well be uh, someone, uh, or rather a game producer, who's going to be uh, looking at uh, an axe coming down on the heads, to be fair. They've not really produced much good since Mass Effect um, 3, and even then Mass Effect 3 was not liked as much as Mass Effect 2. Mass Effect Andromeda wasn't liked. I've played it recently, as I've just said, and I've found it to be fine. Um, but obviously with still some flaws, but there's always flaws in games anyway. But it would be a real shame to have EA um, disestablished Bioware I would like to see them come back with a new Mass Effect and, you know, really shine with it. Um, we don't want to lose these companies. Justin Lee uh, has asked, um, when do you think we will get a proper cross-player, cross-progression uh, between consoles? I can't believe it's not possible to do. As and uh, As it stands, I find it annoying and anti-consumer. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Completely agree. When, who knows, we have kind of cross-play on some platforms, like I think um, Rocket League is one of the games that you can play cross-platform, but there are also disadvantages for console owners because PC players might be using keyboard and mouse, which means that they will do much better in most first-person shooter sort of style games, um, just because of the ability just to have that more twitchy movement. But I don't know. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting thought, but I can't see it's really in the favour of any games console manufacturer to make that a standard feature on all games because it takes away from their pull of you've got your friends on your on your on you know on their platform and so that'll bring you along. If suddenly you took all of that away that wouldn't be there anymore. So I, I don't think it's... While it's available on some games, I don't think it's um, ever really going to get that much of a of a mainstay for us. In terms of... Uh, so, so that's that's my views on that. Uh, Jason uh, Toon has asked another hypothetical question. You've been given a chance to make the next big budget movie adaptation of a video game. What game do you adapt and who are, your cast, who are you casting in the leading role? For me, I'd make a proper serious Hitman movie starring uh, Henry Cavill um, as he thinks he'd make a great Agent 47. Yeah, well, I would go for a Mass Effect sort of game and what I would love to do is see a young Michael Ironside uh, as Commander Shepard. I know that would never be able to do that, but I think, you know, he's sort of like that 
gritty kind of character that could um, really pull that off. Maybe, I'll say this slightly tongue-in-cheek, but maybe a bit of Jason Statham as a more modern-day, not equivalent, but sort of person who would fit that overall sort of design of Commander Shepard. He might be a suitable uh, alternative. Henry Cavill, obviously, is someone who comes to mind on a lot of uh, a lot of these things um, as well. But um, yeah, um, it's it, it, it's it's an interesting one to to think about. But I definitely would love to see Mass Effect on the big screen because, well, I think mean, you know it's the best game in franchise. It's an you know absolutely uh, fantastic story. I don't think that there's been many, certainly sci-fi sort of uh, games that have been out there that are anywhere near um, equivalent to um, to Mass Effect. Be interested to see what Star Citizen Squadron 42 is going to be like when that finally gets released, because that's going to have Mark Hamill and everyone in. Another game that I think, oh, sorry, game that would um, adapt over would be how about having a horror game a film like dead space uh conversion i think that that would would go really really well it would loan itself to the genre make it a bit more sort of um alien-esque in its delivery um i think that that would work uh quite nicely maybe maybe get uh tom hiddleston as isaac in that that would be good yeah so i'm gonna say that uh, so there you go, two options for you uh, to go with. Okay, so that's the end of the questions. Um, I know it's been a much shorter show, guys, but um, I did want to give put something out there for you because obviously Steve's not um, not well at the moment um, and we're all, you know, hoping he gets better soon. Um, he seemed in good spirits when I talked to him, um, or, well, text him um, earlier on today. So uh, we'll just, um, you know, hope he's all right for next week. Normal uh, contacts, if you want to contact me, you can uh, get in contact with me by uh, Twitter, PSN, Xbox Live or Steam or H-E-R-J-U-K or an epic at uh, Pop Culture Gamers. If you uh, want to um, follow the show, then you can follow us on Twitter at Pop Culture Gamer. We have a Facebook group and we also have um, a Facebook page. You can visit both of those. Anyone can email our podcast at popculturegamers.co.uk if you want to get in contact with us that way. And um, also, don't forget that there is our um, website as well, such as it is, because it is basically only links to the show. But you can go to anchor.fm forward slash popculturegamers. Okay, so that's it. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Stay tuned. We will have more shows uh, shortly. Sorry it's such a short one, but I did, like I said, wanted to get something out there for you guys to enjoy. And it's a good night from me, and I'm sure it would have been a good night from Steve. So, bye guys. Good night. (laughs) 